It's currently 7.30am in the morning on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. I love you all. I don't have a significant other currently, so you're the only person I can really um, give my Valentine's love to. Um, and a few other people I text um, in an ironic way. Um, but we won't get into that because that's just sad and depressing. Um, yeah, it's 7.30 in the a.m. and I'm recording this now because I have I have about an hour to kill um, before I have to do anything uh, serious and proper with my day. Um, the sun is rising. It's still quite... It's most certainly still in the in the interim part of dawn, going from dark to light. Um, hard to tell what kind of day it's going to be. It's somewhat overcast. I haven't checked the weather. I got a feeling it's going to be. It's muggy already. It's about. It's probably already about ten degrees, and I'd say I think it's going to be a a misty rain kind of day. This is the we're getting into that part of the year because last week it got nice and cold again. Last week, you know, low single digit. Uh, temperatures but it was it was bright it was clear it was still and that's we can deal with that that's that's nice kind of weather um but we're getting into that you know early spring technically i don't think it's quite spring i don't think it's spring until march really um the calendar might say differently but the actual actual weather i think would say otherwise um but yeah we're getting into that kind of phase where it's not cold it's not warm um, it's going to be it's going to be wet, um, probably up until we'll we'll get that kind of false dawn summer in around April. Um, April time we'll get a blast of heat, then it'll dip down again going into May, and then hopefully hopefully we'll have a decent summer because um, of lots of already got plenty of gigs and things lined up. No holidays booked as yet, but uh, I reached a look at that. I did look at look taking a break. Because um, I'm I'm doing another thing in the evenings where I'll have a break in is it at the end of March in the end of March into the start of April and um, I'll have a couple of weeks free I was looking at maybe taking a few days to go somewhere but fucking hell prices of flights have certainly gone up in recent times um, but we'll see I, I do feel like I need to get away somewhere because um, it's been a while what's the last trip I took where was I last it's been a while. Was it London? I feel like I was in London not so long ago. I can't remember the last last place I was. It's been a while. Anyway, already um, well, I'm two minutes in, and I haven't said anything of any rev- relevance to anyone. Um, yeah, sitting in the sitting in the Peugeot partner. Um, so hopefully the acoustics are fine. Engine off and parked up. I say I've got time to kill. And um, what time is it actually? Just keep, keep an eye on the on the old clock. Twenty five days. I have until about half eight. Um, hopefully, I won't ramble on for an hour, but it's quite possible I will. Um, quite enough motoring week as ever um, this time of year, and because nothing's going on, um, and I don't have, still don't own a vehicle. someday someday I'll come in with some good news and go, "Hey, I bought a car." But um, no, no, nothing has. Well, there's one thing. Well, I'll get into my my cla- well, a couple of things in my classified finds of the week that. Well, one of which I might generally, because a couple of my mates are really pushing me into getting it. Um, so I'll have people to actually bring me to go view it. Um, and I won't have to go solo and feel pressured by the owner because I'm soft. Um, but I'll get into that near the end. Um, did I see anything of interest? Um, I saw a lovely, uh, like, factory fresh. Um, I think it was like either Wednesday or Thursday last week. Factory fresh uh, Volvo 740 GL uh, in gold. 
cruising along. Um, that was lovely to see. What else I see? Saw an E32 7 Series uh, left-hand drive, but on Irish plates. So I feel it might be one of our Eastern European brothers who has moved over here several years ago and brought his car with him. Um, no badges on it, so I don't know exactly what what engine it was running. Um, but it had a fruity exhaust on it. Fruity exhaust, and it was somewhat lowered with a, a deep dish alloy um, with a little bit, little bit of camber, not JDM VIP spec. Um, yeah, it was slightly modified, um, but it had a fruity exhaust on it and sounded... Like it was possibly a V8, um, but that was good to see. Um, nothing like a, nothing like a, a handsome old Seven Series to remind you how terrible um, current BMW design language has gone. Um, anything else I saw? Oh, I, I saw a, a Nissan GTR in I want to say Ranla GTR sounds very American GTR, um, in Ranla, uh, which is good to see. It was on Irish plates, a proper Irish. Uh, Nissan GTR, which is a car that really does interest me. It's the car I'd like to own. I don't know if it'd be because, like, for the well, I looked up because there was one of Cars and Coffee and Bray there um, the weekend before last uh, on Northern Irish plates. And me and my mate were looking at it, and we're like, we were both like, there's something very appealing. They, I think I think they look cool. And um, people, you know, it's not elegant, but it's muscular, you know all power off brute force um I don't know what I'm trying to say styling wise um it's not elegant like it's not it's not it's not a European sports car it's very much a Japanese sports car um but yeah there's something very appealing about them you do like from over the years it's definitely a marmite car some people absolutely adore them some people don't have any time for them but I'd love I'd love to run one um for a little while not that I have the money to do it but just to see what they're like because um, I feel like I'd either get it and go okay I've got that out of my system I can move on and get my, my 911 which is probably where the money should go um, or it'll just completely get under my skin and like I couldn't live without this thing um, but yeah I was nice to see one on Irish place because after we saw that one in Cars and Coffee um, I went on uh, the Irish Classifieds and there was three for sale um, but all of which were on uh, UK plates and had I think they had they did sterling prices on them as well or even euro but anyway, even on the UK plated ones were going for about forty to fifty um, and obviously then if you're going to register it I would imagine the VRT on a on a on a GTR would be pretty hefty um, so I say you're probably looking at about sixty or seventy to get into a GTR um, which is quite a lot because probably about what they cost when they were originally released because it was relatively all things being relative it was a very uh, affordable quote-unquote um, sports car at the time um, but the price has steadily increased but um, yeah so, and then probably the, the highlight of my week uh, of things I saw while traversing um, the world was a Saab 9.3 Turbo X Estate uh, again on Irish plates which is just brilliant if you're not aware of the Turbo X it's peak Saab 9.3 um, 2 litre turbo a two and a half liter. I should know these things off the top of my head, and um, but I think it had close enough to three hundred brake. Hang on, I'm gonna have to look up the exact stats. Um, but peak, um, peak Saab nine three, and the fact that it's in a state as well because it did come in a saloon. Um, was, was amazing. It's it's probably got one of the best. Like Saab are great at wheels, um, full stop. Um, but the wheels and the turbo X are probably peak Saab wheel. Um. 
I couldn't I couldn't tell because it was, it was cruising along in traffic ahead of me and we, we both went our separate ways um, so I couldn't tell if it was a, a manual or an, an automatic probably an automatic um, if I was a guessing guessing man um, but either way I, I'd, I'd still have one um, so it's a, it's a 2.8 litre V6 uh, 280 brake um, four wheel drive um, Saab estate car I said it can be had with a manual um, but it's pr- it was probably an automatic because most of them are um, I'm looking at an ad here on Pissing Heads back from 2000, 2021 it's a, it's a it's again it's, an, it's actually it's a Turbo X estate um, it hasn't got the actual Turbo X wheels in it it's got a more just higher end either 93 or 95 so it'll look well but the, you need the actual Turbo X wheels um, but this one's actually a manual how much was this going for at the time do 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 they mentioned the price at 112,000 miles on it. Sport wagon, as they call them, the estates. Don't mention the price in the ad. Oh, 5695 and add 110,000 miles on it. 112,000 miles on it in 2021. I assume the ad is no longer there. No, it isn't. Um, but yeah, that was what I saw during the week um, in the world of the cars um, look up the tab turbo 9x turbo 9x turbo 9.3 turbo x um, just have a look at the wheels even and um, the wheels are just oh, they're so cool they're like the three three spoke i suppose technically but kind of six spoke um very sab like wheels um if that makes any sense but yeah just check check them out if you're not aware of them um rambling on nine minutes in talking absolute bollocks as, as ever um I'm going to talk F1 now because we are we're in the midst of the car launch uh, season um, just for pre-season testing. Pre-season testing will be next week. I think it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week um, in Bahrain. And then the following weekend, the season will begin with the first race. It comes around very fast. But So when, when I did record, it was Bank Holiday Monday, I think I last recorded Um Back on that Monday, I went to back on that Monday after I did this on the fly um, last week, as I'm doing now, because um, I went to the cinema uh, of a bank holiday Monday in, in the middle of the afternoon. Went to a half two showing of American Fiction, um, which good movie, good movie. I don't, I don't think it's a, you know it's groundbreaking by any by any means, but a good, good comedy drama, which is good to see. It's not a fucking superhero movie. That's not some convoluted fucking overly artistic wank. Um, just a good comedy drama um, good, great performances Jeffrey Wright is the lead um, the actor who plays his brother I can't remember is great um, loads, of great, loads of great acting in it some very funny moments in it um, and heartwarming and a clever ending good movie I'd recommend um, the reason I went to see that was one because it was all that was on around that time that I hadn't seen um, I've been consuming an awful lot of movies I think I've probably seen I've probably already watched um pretty much new movies um bar one or two i think i've watched at least 20 movies already this year and um, there's method to my madness there's a reason why i'm doing it um it relates to that thing i was talking about that i'm doing in the evenings as well and um, which i won't get into because it's got nothing to do with cars and i can't really talk about it at the moment but um yeah i don't know why i'm talking about the cinema um but it's just i, I got sidetracked by what i was doing last bank holiday monday but uh, one thing i will say okay admittedly it was a bank holiday so most people were off work but at half two in the day at a movie that's probably not the number one choice, consider there's an awful lot of great films out at the moment. Um, the cinema was packed out. Um, I wouldn't say it was a completely sold out show, but it was every row had 
several people in it. Um, and it was a big enough screen. It was in Sunny World in town. Um, and like I've and I've, I've seen a few movies recently. And um, apparently Ireland has the greatest cinema attendance in all of Europe. Um, so yeah, like you, we we've been kind of led to believe that the movie industry is in decline. But I don't believe it for a second. Um, people are still going to the cinema. Um, clearly in high numbers and Ireland being a proponent of it specifically because um, I think people like watching movies I personally I, I like the cinema experience although sometimes you can get fucking arseholes who just have no social um, awareness and just talk and make noise but whatever I do I still love going to the cinema um, I don't know why yeah, cinema is thriving um, let's try to bring that up <laughs> but afterwards I went to I met a couple of friends and I went to, we went to Pmax I was actually Pmax again at the weekend because Pmax is now because it was the day before um, it was due to close down that I went in um, at the weekend um, which is sad because Pmax in Dublin is probably one of my favourite pubs um, played good had that kind of old dank vibe similar to say like a Whelan's that kind of thing um, played good like rock indie music um, great plethora of beers and drinks and ciders and etc etc um, but it's shutting down um, probably because I, I'd imagine the rent on the building they're in it's at the, on the corner of, it's, it's the opposite diagonally across the road from the Hairy Lemon so up there at the top of Drury Street um, so I imagine either their lease was up or it became too expensive or whatever um, many several reasons um, but it's going to turn into a restaurant um, in a few weeks time um, so I had to go in there and have a few pints um, say goodbye to my my favourite pub gone completely off topic um, I was talking about because it, it was last bank holiday money was last time I recorded this on the fly um, and on that day there was two, well we'd already had the Haas which again was just a render um, it was more, so it was more just a launch of their livery which was similar-ish to how it was last year couldn't take too much away from it um, other than like like everything um, the design is um, converging towards the Red Bull philosophy, um, especially around the side pods, um, which kind of happens near the end of a of a, a set of regulations. There's still two seasons, this one and next year, um, before things change. Um, but we're getting to that point where everyone's kind of agreeing what is the correct direction to go with this current set of regulations. Um, so we has had already been released. I think they did theirs on the Friday previous. Then the day I recorded. And um, we had was it Williams and Sauber Steak Kick or whatever the fuck they're calling. Those were the two we had with me. So Williams again, not a massive change to livery. It's blue and black with a Duracell battery on top of it. Not again, not a whole lot to take away from the car because um, it was you know poorly lit renders. Um, and again, no change to driver lineups and stuff like that. Um, the Sauber, because um, obviously now they've dropped the Alfa Romeo sponsorship. It's now called. It's going to be called Stake F1 Sauber in places where they're allowed to have gambling advertisements, um, and then they think it's going to be called Kick F1 in a few countries where they can't do that. Um, so yeah, they don't have the Alfa Romeo livery anymore. So it's 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 fluorescent green and black. Um, they're one of the teams that has pared back a lot of paint um, to probably save weight, which is odd because. When these new regulations came in, Alfa Romeo were actually the only, well, they were the first team um, to get down to the the weight limit. Um, 
but maybe they seem to have fallen backwards as the cars developed. Um, I don't think it's a particularly nice livery. It'll certainly stand out. Um, the fluorescent green it doesn't look like anything else. Um, again, nothing really to take away from the car. It was just a shitty, poorly lit renders, and no change to the driver lineup. Um, they're hoping to take a step forward, but they didn't exactly have a great season last year. Um, so I wouldn't expect a whole lot from Sauber. They they finished second last. Yeah, they finished just behind um, AlphaTauri, I think. It was close between AlphaTauri and Sauber at the end. Because um, I know Haas was dead last. Uh, so they were either third from bottom or second from bottom. I think I'm pretty sure they were second from bottom. So um, I think they're, they're hoping to kind of push forward and touch on Williams and maybe even tickle the back of Alpine. But again, we're going to Alpine in a second. They're looking to take a step forward. Yeah, so we've had Alpine. Alpine again very they'll chain same driver lineup um the livery is similar enough but again they've peeled back a lot of the paint they're doing again what they did for the last couple of seasons they're going to have a special pink livery as part of their title sponsor bwt who are thinker water filters um a pink livery for some of the races and they didn't say exactly which ones but it was i think it was the first three last year um although again because they peel back a lot of the paint the difference between the normal livery and the pink livery pretty indecipherable now again that was probably the most exciting thing if you can call it exciting from the alpine launch because again not much has changed and there wasn't much to tell um we also had uh visa cash app or be whatever the fuck terrible name dreadfulness um their launch was very very low-key for reasons i'll get into in a moment um but again not much change well change in the sense that they're you know they're supposed to have this new identity um They've moved a lot of the a lot of stuff away from Fienza, was where the team was originally based, which was way back in the day before it was even before, before it was Alfaterri, before it was Toro Rosso. It was Minardi, um, and it was based out of Fienza in Italy. But they've moved a lot of the a lot of stuff over to uh, Milton Keynes in with Red Bull. Um, they're to really trying to they are assimilating with the with the parent team a lot more than they once did, although they kind of contradicted themselves by saying they're trying to create an identity an identity though which has a terrible name which is Visa Cash App ORB and they, they've they yet to really decipher what the ORB stands for and they they copyrighted Racing Bulls but they're not calling it Racing Bulls and when you hear ORB you just think of Red Bull because the Red Bull cars are called ORBs all very confusing um Again, not a whole lot. Again, they're they're sharing a lot more parts with the Red Bull, so it's gonna be it's gonna be very similar. to, I think the last year's Red Bull, um, with the parts they're allowed to to use, you're allowed to use mechanical parts. So I think it's taking the front front suspension, rear suspension, gearbox, power unit, obviously the same from Honda. Um, any aerodynamic services have to be have to be done by the individual team, and they say it should be penned from a pencil, um, which. Although Adrian Newey is famed for still using a pencil and a drawing board. How much of that's true, I have no idea. Um, teams can obviously do their best to copy um, aerodynamic designs through visual images and from the eye. But um, you can't share that information. Um, well, so they say. Um, I'd be surprised if people in Red Bull don't tell people in the canteen at uh, Visa Cash App or B or VCARB as it's being... Um, being touted as in an acronym which sounds like a fucking nutrition energy drink or something um yeah but so 
Yeah, kind of looks like last year's Red Bull. Again, pinch of salt as to anything about the cars because it's just poorly lit renders. Um, the livery, though, um, they're saying they're going to try and get a new identity um, under this new naming strategy, blah, blah, blah. Although the livery is very similar as to what the livery was for um, Toro Rosso, which was a nice livery. It's a, a vibrant blue um, with flashes of red, a bit more white on this, on this V-carb car um, to to uh, to um, incorporate the Visa sponsorship. But... Uh, yeah, again, same driver lineup, and it's going to be essentially last year's, most for most part, last year's Red Bull, which you would think would mean it'll be a fairly effective um, midfield car. Um, but we shall see. Um, they want to have a better season than they did last year, and um, they struggled near the beginning, and then also there was a lot of chopping, changing with drivers, which the freeze kicked out and Dan Ricardo brought in and then he, Ricardo had his injury and then they had lost him for a while and then Ricardo came back and yada 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 um, Yuki will be going into his fourth season so he really would want to you know make he uh, want to prove a point um, if he wants to keep his seat in F1 I'd say he's, he's been steadily improving but you do think he needs to make a leap he'd have to convincingly either match or beat Daniel Ricardo. I think to be safe going into this crazy silly season we have we have coming up. I think with, with fourteen drivers out of contract. Well, I think it's now now down to twelve because both Charles Leclerc and uh, Lewis Hamilton their future has been sealed. But um, yeah, I'll stop talking about V Carb now because who else have we had? I've, I've talked about Stake. So I've talked about Haas. I've talked about V Carb, Williams, Alpine, uh, Aston Martin uh, again. Not much to be taken away from the actual launch of the car. It's going to be very much an evolution of last year's car, you'd have to assume, because um, they did start off the season well, ended ended relatively well, had a bit of a had a bit of a downward patch mid second half, because um, they tried some updates which made the car go backwards and they kind of reverted back to the old spec, and then kind of brought brought them back into into line. Um, they they started off the season strong. They were pretty much the second best team at the start of the season last year, but. That was one partly due to having Fernando Alonso, who is arguably the best driver in the grid um, at the moment. Again, I'm just, there's a lot to be said there in that debate, which we won't get into. Um, but also the fact that, well, yeah, okay, they had a decent car, but it was more competitors around them. Mercedes, McLaren, Ferrari didn't start off the season um, quite as strong as they eventually um, finished the season as. Um, McLaren obviously took a big leap, and then Ferrari... And Mercedes also also moved moved forward as the season went on, um, and Aston kind of stagnated. But um, they'd wanted at least, I think they'd wanted because they 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 lost out on fourth in the end to, I think didn't they to McLaren, um, by a point or two, or did they? No, again I should know this stuff off the top of my head. But um, I think they'd they, they'd want to be knocking on the door, um, of you know strong podiums and maybe even sniffing at a win here and there, um. If, if if the opportunity arose, although it'll, it'll be hard, it'll be hard to imagine a season where Red Bull still aren't going to dominate. But we shall see, um, because Fernando is, is is one of the several drivers who's up out of contract at the end of the year. Um, obviously, he's been asked what he thinks. Um, he quite funnily did come out when he was asked uh, initially when he was asked about the Lewis Hamilton move 
to Ferrari, he was like, I don't care what Lewis Hamilton does, but he, he kind of softened um, that answer as the interviews went on through the day. Um, you'd, you'd have to think um, if he is going to stick around, he'll want something once, well, unless Aston bring out an absolute barnstormer of a car this year and they're at the front of the grid. You think he'd want to move on to somewhere where he will be at least have a whiff of success and that Mercedes drive that's been vacated by Lewis would probably be the one. Um, apparently, from what I've heard from from the chatters of the journalists, um, he's not the, he's not he's not Plan A. Um, he is certainly on the list of people. Um, Flavio Briatore posted a picture on his Instagram. Flavio, the the uh, the controversial businessman from Italy who was team principal at Benetton during the glory years of Schumacher um, in 94-95 and then had a successful run as team principal at Renault um, with Alonso. He is Fernando Alonso's manager, um, but he posted a picture on his Instagram where he was having having lunch with Toto Wolff, which only uh, added fuel to the fire as to, as to talks as to uh, Fernando Alonso going to Mercedes. But um, yeah, apparently it's not it's not Plan A. Apparently, Plan A is still to potentially bring in uh, Kimi Antonelli, their uh, their young rookie who will be in F two this year. But it will very much depend on how his F two season goes. So I think he'll have until mid season to prove a point. If he's crushing it, if he looks like the next Max Verstappen, and um, if he if he if he's making a mockery of the rest of the F two grid and ramps out to a, a rookie championship, um. He could be he could be announced middle of the year. Um, they'll take a punt on a rookie and put them in put him in beside George. If it doesn't look like he's going to be blowing the doors off everyone on F two, then I think Alonso might be might be the option. Um, and they might put uh, Antonelli in at Williams. Um, if if they let go of Sargent or if Albon again Albon has to be has to be considered. But there's a lot of there's a lot of chatter. That Albon has already signed a pre-agreement with Red Bull for twenty-five. Is it? I think twenty-five or twenty-six. Um, it's all it's all very up in the air. We shall see. But like Alonso, when he was asked, did did he did an official F one um, interview um, after the launch, and he didn't say he did say no. He's, he's still fit. He's still competitive. He still wants to race. But he did also, you know, say like he is forty-two, and you know, he did say like you know, just it's pretty much ten months of the year now where you, you you know you don't see any of your family, um, and it does take up a lot of time, and you know, recovery is not as easy as it once was, um, when when he was a younger man. So maybe you know the, the, we can't rule out the fact that Alonso might just retire, um, but it would be great for him. To, I think if he does get offered the Mercedes drive, I think he would take it, um. You know, even even a year with the option of a, of a second might even do him. Because um, even if he could fight for a championship and even just get a couple of wins um, before he retires, just he deserves a little bit more before he walks away from the sport, even if it is just a win or two. But although it would be great for him to see him get another championship. Um, but again, yeah, look, we're going to be talking about fucking driver changes for months to come. Um, but the Aston, yeah. Not again. Not much to be taken from. It's the same livery, same driver lineup, and it's very much an evolution. It's going to be an evolution of last year's car. Um, uh, Stroll. It's hard to know where Stroll will be. Um, he's, he's he's on a rolling contract, and while his dad's the owner of the team, it's hard to it's hard to say whether he'll stay or go. Um, 
he he had an open down season last year. Um, but whatever, I'm not going to spend time talking about Lance Stroll because I don't care about him. Um, and then the last one we've had so far is Scuderia Ferrari, which was launched yesterday, uh, February 13th. I'm looking for some, um, and probably Ferrari. Um, the, there was at least some things to take away from, from the Ferrari launch. Um, one, they had a new livery, um, which is quite nice. They've kind of re- got reverted away from the, from, uh, the red and black Obviously, the car is still red. Um, so, they're actually one of the few teams this year that have uh, a fully painted car. Um, it's red, and where the black was is now uh, white on the livery. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's a good-looking livery. Um, it's got flashes of yellow in it. They've painted the wheel covers. and um, looks cool. Um, it's a step on from last year. The last one, last year's one, although black and red is usually usually works kind of a throwback to late 80s early 90s and for IF1 cars I don't know it wasn't their best their best livery they've ever had but this one's this one's nice um, they did launch the real car um, and they used one, some of their uh, I think they've I think all the teams have two filming days filming days they're called um, which they're allowed to use to run the cars for promotional purposes um, although it obviously does give them some track time and get get some data in so they used one of their media days um, to to throw the car around with Charles behind the wheel um, around Fiorano. Um, so we could see the actual car. Again, there'll be parts that will definitely be changed both through testing and before it actually hits the grid uh, for the race in Bahrain. But again, it's, it's very much an evolution of last year's car. Um, they, did, they did seem to be making gains throughout the season and near the end they certainly were... Um, you know they were fighting for second. They lost out just to Mercedes. Although I do think Ferrari probably did deserve second. Um, which is a bit of a bit of unfortunate here and there. Um, it'd be nice if they could have a push. Um, at least you know at least be knocking at the door. Red Bull. It'd be hard. It'd be hard to say they could beat them. But we shall see. Um, there's always, as is uh, the case with, with Ferrari, there's always next year. Um, yeah, but it'd be nice to have a bit of a competitive season. Um. And you know, as much as it, it's probably likely that Red Bull will dominate again, um, a new season always brings in the hope that things will change, uh, things will be will be different, and we'll, and we'll have some uh, action. Um, a lot of drama over the off season, thankfully, um, to keep us interested. Um, with the whole Lewis signing for Ferrari, because you know we're going into a season where there's no driver changes, and it was a relatively dull season. Um, and it came to competitive racing on track um, and just one other controversy which we'll get on to and again in a moment um, but yeah so at least we did we did get to see the actual car and we saw it running and they have a new livery um, same, same driver lineup. although we know Lewis is now signed with Ferrari for 2025 um, Carlos was obviously asked and um, Charles was asked about, about the whole Lewis thing Charles is very magnanimous, saying, "You know, he's, you know, he's he's very happy to see Lewis coming in. It's great for him. It's great for Ferrari. Um, he has, and he says he has a good relationship with Lewis, and he's relishing the challenge. But he also did say, you know, he 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 respects Carlos, and he didn't want to talk about it too much. And he has a great relationship with Carlos, and a lot of respect for Carlos. And he's very much focusing on this year and this final year with Carlos. And Carlos was quite magnanim- magnanimous as well, going here. Look, I've had my stint at Ferrari. I don't particularly want to leave, but I understand." You know, he said, like, if, you know, a seven-time world champion knocks at the door of Ferrari, they can't say no. And, you know, he's he's, he's keeping his options open because um, he does know, 
he's still young enough to have you know at least another decade if not more in Formula 1 so yeah he didn't hint that he has anything definitive lined up as yet um, and that he's very much focusing on this final year with Ferrari um, so he's, he's staying upbeat but I'm sure inside he is a bit peeved about the whole thing but um, yeah interesting enough from Ferrari today so by the time you probably listen to this and this goes live um, there are two launches today we have McLaren and Mercedes Um not expecting a whole lot from them. McLaren um, had a great uh, second half of the season last year, and they'll be hoping to continue that. Um, and Mercedes will certainly be hoping to make a step forward. Um, although they did finish second in the constructors' championship last year, um, it was sh- shaky to say the least. Um, they only just managed to get it in the final race, and as I say Ferrari probably deserved it over them. Um, it'll be interesting um, season knowing that their star driver is leaving but again I'm sure it'll all be like I'm focused on this year blah 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 um, it'll be like you know they did say they've, they've been making a lot of changes to the car because the concept they've been going with has been it's been what's been holding them back in this cycle of regulations um, they've made tweaks here and there but they haven't quite got on top of it as yet um, and then the final of of, of the bunch of car launches before ahead of preseason testing will be Red Bull tomorrow on the 15th which will possibly be somewhat low key um, you wouldn't ma- you wouldn't imagine there'll be a massive changes to the to the car um, it being the dominant force for the last couple of years especially last year um, same driver lineup although Perez will definitely be on will be on a suicide watch um, but sorry that's terrible use of use, use of the word suicide I apologise for that offended anyone um, but it'll be a low key affair um, as was the, the Visa Cash App Red Bull whatever the fuck it's called um, launch because there's the lingering issue in the background with Red Bull um, of this controversy I can't remember if I touched on it last week um, with uh, Christian Horner is subject to an internal investigation for inappropriate behaviour Um. Um, a complaint made by a staff member at Red Bull what exactly are the details of this inappropriate behaviour is not clear Um, where it stemmed from isn't clear and what the outcome as yet is not clear Um, Friday just gone there was a meeting which apparently went on on where Christian Horner was interviewed for 8 hours um, and there was no conclusion made apparently um, as to what what happened and what will be done um, so it's still very up, much up in the air and I don't think we're going to get any resolution before tomorrow so you have to assume Christian Horner is not going to be at the launch of the car tomorrow um, I'm sure the media are going to be asking questions which I'm sure will be awkward but I'm sure they'll have they'll have had the PR teams um, uh, you know training the drivers and staff as to how to answer the questions but Interesting times, a bit of instability at Red Bull, um, who've been dominating for the last couple of seasons, and you'd have to assume they will continue to do so with Max Verstappen, but stuff like this can rock the boat. Um, Christian Horner, you know, if it's hard to know what the outcome will be, but, you know, can he continue regardless of the outcome? Um, you know, he's been the only team principal at Red Bull. He's been there for 19 years. Um and he's been very much been instrumental in the success that they've had um, four world championships with uh, Sebastian Vettel and now three with uh, with uh, Max Verstappen um, 
and then I think two constructors in this in this cycle and, and four um, during the Sebastian Vettel era. So you know a successful and very integrated part of the Red, Red Bull t- family and team. It's all very open air, like you know Dietrich Matsitz, who was the the owner of Red Bull, um, and you know who who was you know who who was the the driving light in everything that Red Bull did, and um, passed away a couple of years ago, and it's been all kind of change. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what the future is for Christian Horner and Red Bull, and whether it'll have any effect on them. But you have to assume either way they'll still be top of the tree um, for the season because Max Verstappen. Water off ducks back when it comes to anything other than driving the car for Max. So, um, yeah, but you know, we shall see. It might it might upset the apple cart enough for things to change. I've been rambling on now for thirty six minutes, um, talking absolute nonsense as ever. Um, so that's that's all the Formula One chatter really. Um, and so yeah, so last couple of launches, and then we have preseason text testing next week. So we'll have more shite to talk about. I might hold off doing a podcast until after preseason testing so I actually have some some data and 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 intriguing things to talk about rather than just nonsense about car launches which I've spent 20 minutes talking about and not really said anything um so maybe I'll wait until the Friday evening to record the next podcast um after preseason testing has concluded and we have some stuff to talk about um the car world itself where am I what time is it? it's 10 past 8 so I have to start wrapping this up soon enough um Stuff that's been happening in the car world. Um, obviously, there was, along with the the launch of the Formula One car, Aston Martin also showed off the new Vantage, um, which has a new front end um, and it has a very kind of DB12 esque interior, which is all good things. The front end of the previous Vantage was kind of a, a controversial, um, controversial topic. Um, the, the first one they brought out, people were kind of like, Ooh, "I liked it." It was again, it was kind of a Marmite thing. Um, and they offered it two different. They offered a different um, front end because it was so controversial. You could have an option of two, a more kind of traditional looking front end. Um, so this new one, the rear end is quite similar, but they say everything from the A pillar forward is different, and obviously the the interior is different. And the twin turbo Mercedes sourced uh, V eight is now putting out six hundred and fifty something horsepower. I think it is, which is a big leap from the last car. Um, it's a good looking thing. Um, I've always liked the Vantage. It's the you know the small, squat, muscular Aston. If I was having Aston, I think I'd have an, I'd have a Vantage. Um, their styling department is certainly um, up the game in the last kind of couple of uh, model cycles. Um, the, the 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 DB12 is a, is a handsome looking thing. The the the, the DBS was a great looking thing. Um, again, Aston Martin's one of those brands. Either you love or you hate. I like it. Again, would I have one over, say, like a, an equivalent, uh, you know, Porsche or Ferrari? Hard to say. The, the first generation Vantage is a car I really love. It's 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 a very elegant, beautiful piece of design. Um, apparently, you know, the V8 one's not the last world, last word in performance and dynamics, but I think you can get them for about 30, 40 grand now. Um, and it's a very good looking car, and it certainly wouldn't, certainly wouldn't be a bad thing. Although it would probably break, um, but it's a car I very much love. The V12 one of my little gearbox is obviously a fantastic thing just because of what it is. Um, but um, yeah, so the yeah, new new Vantage, which is nice, and they also uh, launched the GT3 version, um, the the track car. Obviously not not GT3 as in you know Porsche 911 GT3 GT3 for for racing purposes, um, which will be their 
uh, contender for the the GT3 category in World Endurance Championship, Le Mans, etc. Um, again, cool looking thing. Racing Austins are always cool, and the V8 is all sound amazing. Um, so we had that. Um, the MX on Saturday, the MX5 was officially 35 years old, um, which is mad to say out loud. Um, so no doubt we'll, we'll have a 35th an, uh, anniversary edition um, soon. Um, MX5s, you can't, you can't not love them. Um, I, I obviously tried to rent one when I was in Germany last year, and all of about 20 minutes into having it, I got a puncture and had to return it, and it was replaced by a Golf. Um, but I did enjoy the 20 minutes I had it for. Um, I've driven, I've driven an NA, I've driven an NB, I've never driven an NC, and then had that ND for uh, twenty minutes. Um, all lovely things. I, the NC is kind of the the ugly duckling, quote unquote, um, of of the bunch because it kind of got bigger and heavier, um, and dynamically, again from what I've read from reviews, it's not the the best of the bunch. Although they're all they're all definitely still fun rear wheel drive manual sports cars. I like the way the N, uh, NC looks, um, especially in facelifted guys. Um, it's, 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 got, it's, got, it's got widened arches and it's kind of it's quite muscular looking. I, I like it. The ND is, it, I think, is a great looking thing. Um, I think the NB is the worst looking of the bunch because um, they have to get rid of the pop up headlights. It's essentially a facelifted NA. And the NA is the NA. It's got it's it's the you know it's a it's an icon at this point. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, an NC, I think an NC would be a good thing to buy now because the NA and the MB have gone a bit mad price wise because they become their cars starting to become collectors' items, especially if you can find one that hasn't rusted to bits. And the NDs are still because it's still in production are still too new uh, to have fallen in price. So an, an NC, a good, well looked after NC, um, would you know would be a good you know I'd say you can get a good one for about five or six grand. And then you know you could you could you could fiddle with it, give it some you now some nice little suspension tweaks, some nice brakes, you know, help to help the breathing of the engine, a little exhaust maybe, you know, induction, nice little thing that would be. Anyway, twenty five years, happy birthday to the MX five. Um, Pagani released um, a Huayra or Evo, so a track version of the Huayra, um, which has nine hundred brake horsepower um, and loads of aerodynamics, and apparently will lap um, race tracks around the same time as an LMP2 car it's track only we should care about it more than we should the wire never really the wire never really grabbed in any guys like the uh, like the Zonda did I remember when like the, the, when the first year of production it came out it got joint first position for Evo car of the year along with I think an Exige at the time Um. Yeah, so like I'm, it's obviously it's, it's undoubtedly an amazing thing the wire in whatever guise you get it, but it never it just never grabbed. Probably because I think because of the turbocharged engine, um, going from a naturally aspirated V12, um, it was never going to be as as hourly satisfying. Um, but also the looks it doesn't the wire never looked even with the crazy air, active aerodynamics it just didn't visually grab you as well as the, as the Zonda did. The Zonda. Oh, I, I love a Zonda. They've gone crazy price wise because they built them on such low numbers, um, and they've become so iconic. But um, yeah, like obviously they they did a a Zonda or and a Zonda or Evo, um, and we all loved them. We all still do love them, and they really grabbed the attention. 
but I don't know this wire the wire just the wire just doesn't doesn't light a fire under my arse like like the Zonda once did uh, anything else going on in the car world um, the new Taycan was, was launched um, it might have even been launched before I, I I recorded my podcast last time but I just didn't talk about it um, it's new one same as the old one styling wise um, looks very similar slightly uglier the lights are slightly less good looking although maybe they made them um, more difficult to steal which I'm sure you've seen all about that Porsche lights being stolen so people can use them in grow ops to grow weed um, cutting them out of cars um, but yeah so it's slightly different front headlights but other than that it's very 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 similar looking to the previous Taycan um, it's more about the tech um, it's got longer range better batteries etc etc um, but yeah even by poor standards um, new one same as the old one um, it's, it's the Porsche are kind of jokingly referred to as you know not styling their cars from generation to generation but this one really takes the biscuit um, if I was to have an EV you know you would have to consider a Taycan because it's a Porsche um, but I don't have a couple of hundred grand to spare and that's also you know, it's interesting times for the for electric vehicle which is something I'll talk about again now in a moment um, but sales have not been great of recent and there is an awful lot of second hand first generation Taycans on the market um, for a lot less money than they probably should be Um oh there was that cool RS6 GT kind of the run out limited run um, RS6 Avant um, that comes in a in a in a uh, Audi Motorsport Heritage livery um, it's got apparently I don't think it has any much any more power than the uh, than the uh, the RS6 performance um, but it's slightly lighter weight it's got funky wheels it's got that cool um it's got that cool livery on it. Um, although motorsport liveries are, you know, again a marmite top topic. Um, um, but it's got like it's got suspension tweaks and um, lots of aero and stuff. And it's just you know, it's a it's a collector's item. I like it. I'm not mad about the current generation RS6, but if you had a big collection of cars or Audi specifically, it's something that'd be nice having a collection. It's just a cool thing. But ever on one, probably not. Um, unless I had gazillions of euro, which I don't, and probably never will. A an, a Jag XJL just pulled in in front of me. Um, the the last generation of Jag XJ, which is a fantastic looking car, um, which um, has not been replaced. Um, they were going to replace it with a full EV, but then they canned it. But there is talks of that coming back. And um, you can pick up those XJs again. All things being relative, for not that much money. Um, don't know if I'd have a long wheelbase one. This man looks like he's just, judging by his demeanour and the things he's taking out of his boot, I'm going to say he's a medical rep of some sort because I'm quite near Vincent. Oh, he's getting in the back seat of his car. Must be having a, a meeting, a back seat meeting because he's, he's got into the back seat with his laptop. Completely off topic. Um, and then last couple of things. Uh, new Mini Cooper S launched. Um, so it's a, a petrol powered turbo, two liter turbo. Uh, 200 and something probably nudging 300 horsepower at this point um, hot hatch styling the new styling of the new Mini I think is quite nice it's kind of like clean and fresh but that clean and fresh look doesn't really lend itself to the sporty Cooper S version very well um, it's going to be automatic only um, which is sad because um, we're all going to miss the manual gearbox when it inevitably completely disappears um, although BMW have now launched the Z4 with a manual gearbox 
the hand shafter, I think it's called. Um, you can have it as an option. Um, it's obviously the same gearbox that they stuck in the the, the the Supra, them sharing the same drivetrain. Um, so you can only get the BMW Z4, the manual, uh, in a spec of, I can't remember, is it Alpine Green? It's a green paint and a cognac leather interior, which is a nice spec, but it's odd that you can only get it in one spec for some reason. Um, I think you're going to pay extra for the manual gearbox as well, which is the way things are. Because um, BMW are still offering manuals, but they're definitely an afterthought, and you have to pay for them now because um, they don't really want to sell you a manual. Um, but where I was going with that, um, another hot hatch, I use the term lightly, hatchback. Uh, there's an updated Puma ST, which is the only kind of small performance um, Ford you can buy now because the Fiesta is no longer um, in the world. Um, they have they get an updated version, you know, a little bit of power, a little bit of tweaks here and there, chassis-wise. Um, but again, that will only be coming with uh, an automatic gearbox. Uh, no more uh, the manual hot hatch is really becoming a thing of the past because the Mark 8.5 Golf um, that's not going to be offered with any manual gearboxes um, because I was reading a thing um, the Mark 8 Golf GTI a total of 5% of them were ordered with manual gearboxes so we can bemoan the fact that like oh they're getting rid of manual gearboxes what about us driver enthusiasts well unfortunately market dictates if people aren't going to buy them um they can't justify the cost of developing and building them. So, you know, unless they transfer that cost to the consumer. And But is anyone really, well, are the majority of people going to spend, because it could end up being like a 1,500 euro option to get a manual gearbox when the, when the, the, the DSG that Volkswagen put on their vehicles is quite competent. Um, I would still have a manual if I could, but I'm not in the market at that level anyway so what the fuck does it matter what I think god I'm rambling on fucking 50 minutes in Jesus Christ um, so I'll start wrapping this up um, I'll talk about this briefly um, I put up a, a, a written piece last night um, literally because I just wanted to kill time between getting home from work and before I had dinner um, so I just spent an hour kind of as ever poorly trying to trying to dictate my feeling around the, the world of the car although some people did uh, message me after I posted it um, to chat to, you know to, to say they agree and you know give their, their two cents um, there's plenty of bits I, I, I didn't put into the article because I rambled on too much and it would have been too long and no one would have read it and again you're not coming to me for hard hitting journalism um, and again as I said I threw it together in an hour um, in between work and dinner um, there's my excuse out of the way but I was just saying how as a car enthusiast and I've mentioned this on the podcast a few times that like it's, it's we're definitely in end times when it comes to what we love as a car um, now like as I, I was about to mention earlier EV sales are on the wane currently um, they've dropped significantly um, your one Nadia from Ashford Motors I'm sure everyone's aware of aware of she posted a thing yesterday saying she's not taking in any more EVs and she won't be selling any for a while because um, they just can't justify them um, the private sales are completely down most people who bought them are probably fleets and a lot of people are there's a lot of them being now thrown onto the second hand market and they're being sold at way less than the market value was expected to be um, and it's because people are hesitant hesitant um, about electric vehicles uh, range anxiety is definitely still a thing charging infrastructure is still a thing 
the fact that all manufacturers are now saying you know they have much better tech coming down the line so why would anyone get into an ev now when in a few years time they're probably going to be able to buy a better and um, more uh what's the word I'm looking for more um accommodating electric vehicle um some people they've gone to me saying going look you, you know sales are down and you know petrol and diesels are still here and you know the whole 2035 thing is kind of being questioned blah 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 yes and again look as I mentioned in the article I'm being I'm being a bit ahead of the game being a bit Clarkson 2009 when he was talking about the death of the V12 Aston Martin Vantage um, piece which is tying back to what I was talking about a moment ago but look there's no denying the combustion engine is coming to an end like EU EU legislation um, you know the environmentalist movement which I'm, I'm not going to argue with it's going to happen uh, manufacturers are already starting to wind down production of combustion engines um, BMW being one they've stopped making combustion engines in Munich um, so the change will come it might not come in the next five years but within the next decade we you know the the combustion engine car will be phased out um, we will be taxed out of using it um, the cost of fuel will go up um, and you know within a decade electric car infrastructure will um, come on leaps and bounds I know Akio Toyota of Toyota has come out and saying he thinks that only 30% of uh, cars will be will be battery electric vehicles which I hope is true but even if we go to a, a stage of you know hydrogen fuel cells and stuff like that they're still going to be powered by electric motors um yeah there is talk of synthetic fuels keeping um combustion engine vehicles going but i said i I don't think i don't think manufacturers will be will be producing uh, combustion engine cars um in a decade's time and so while we might still be allowed to use them and fuel them i i don't think there's going to be a future of combustion cars but as i said in the piece look we still have several years where they will be produced there's still over 100 years of history and a wealth of combustion cars that are still out there so it's not over yet but as as i said in the piece it's very strange to have a hobby that looks like it's coming to an end um other hobbies just don't have that um generally um being a car enthusiast is a strange affliction, as as you all know, if you're listening to this. Um, but that's that's as much as I... If you read the piece, I didn't quite vocalise exactly what I was trying to say. Well, uh, some people said they, they got exactly what I was trying to say. Um, but read the piece and take, fr- take from it what you will. It's up on my Instagram there. Um, or you'll get through it through, my, through the podcast link. It's all up on the same website. Um, I'm, and let me know your sentiments. Um, so I'm, pu- I'm coming up on an hour, so I'll start wrapping this up is absolute bollocks um, as ever um, so I'll, I'll round out with my usual um, classified finds of the week um, so these are the ones that like one of these I might actually be going out to view but there are some question marks but one, one the one that I'm not going to view but at the same time I would consider um, a 2004 so it is a facelift um, Rover 75 1.8 litre manual um, for sale in I think it's County Meath or is it County Kildare I think it's Kildare actually or Kilkenny somewhere in Leinster um, for €1,250 um, now it doesn't have any tax or anything. I think the NCT was out in the middle of last year but it does look quite tidy and looks like quite an honest ad um, €1,250 for a Rower 75 
I'd consider it. Um, the other one then is a Mark II uh, VW Polo uh, bread van um, for 1,500 euro and an extra 200 euro. Uh, he'll, he'll throw in a set of BBS or a wheels to go on it. Um, just say there's a bit of rust at the bottom of the driver's driver's door and a bit of rust under the uh, the, the battery mounting uh, plate, which are common areas, especially in older cars. Um, if that's the extent of it, you know, it could be a winner. I had one of those a few years ago, which is still doing the uh, the rounds within my friend and his father. Um, he, my, my friend who who is in that circle, um, he's one of the ones who's poking me to get it because he kind of wants to buy it as well, but he doesn't need another one because he doesn't use the one he has. Him and his dad are currently co-owning um, and there's no space for it. Um, I could do with a car, but the problem is I looked at insurance and it was not easy. Um, everyone goes, oh, just get a classic policy. But to get a classic policy, a classic policy, you have to have another car. A classic policy has to be a second vehicle. Um, so this will be my sole car if I was to buy it. And for some reason, classic polos specifically are very hard to insure. Um, a lot of people, just for some reason, don't want to touch them. I don't know why. They seem even more difficult than other classic cars. But um, 1500 euro, I still might go out and have a look at it and buy it anyway and you know deal with the rest of it afterwards um, that one's up on on Facebook I think it's on the Autostat up on Facebook it got sent to me by a friend the another friend who's poking me into trying to buy it because 1500 euro isn't a whole, a whole lot of money for a classic car these days but then again maybe that person is selling it either one because it is a rust bucket or two because they can't insure it um that's what my classified fans weeks. Uh, my YouTube channel, um, I'm going to recommend, is, is something called Sabbatical. I think it's how you spell Sabbatical, but it's S-A-B-B-A-T-I-C-A-S, Sabbatical. Um, I just stumbled across it last night. Um, it's it's you know it's it's not a high budget um, YouTube channel. Um, he has about six hundred thousand subscribers. Um, it's a guy who essentially vlogs a travel vlog, but he goes to places that most people wouldn't go to and vlogs. Um, you know, it's 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 low budget. It's just one man with a camera. Um, but he's going to interesting places, and I have, I've only watched one of his videos. But I'm going to watch a few more of them over over the next few weeks when I have a bit of free time. Because uh, the one you put up last last night was the second part. Uh, I watched the first part, but I uh, will go back and watch the second part. But uh, rambling, um, he went to Eritrea, um, which is interesting because you know it's one of those very closed off countries we don't know a whole lot about a whole lot about. So it was it's an interesting one. Check it out, sabbatical for interesting travel vlogs. Um, and then the music choice I'll go for I've definitely recommended uh, this uh, artist and uh, tracks from this album but I'm going to recommend Killer Mike's um, most recent album it's called Michael um, his recent solo album Killer Mike being a, a solo rapper in his own right but also one half of the great Run the Jewels um, but his his solo most recent solo album Michael uh, sweeped up a bunch of Grammys um in all the categories he was nominated in for hip hop and best song and blah blah blah. Uh, so check that out if, if you're into hip hop because Killer Mike is one of the best lyricist MCs out there at the moment. Um, so if you're into hip hop, check that out. Well, I'll stop rambling now. I've talked absolute bollocks for almost exactly an hour now, and I do have to stop and do some real things with my day. Smash and grab, terrible as always. Um, if you have a significant other, treat them well this Valentine's Day. If you've been listening to this, I love you as always. But be safe, be well, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. And again, I'm recording this on the fly, um, so if there's any fucking bullshit at the start of the end, um, it's because I haven't been able to edit it on my laptop. Fuck you. Love you. Bye.